Welcome to the shit show of my 20s. My name's Sophia, and I am so glad you're here. I am a 20-something in my early 20s, and I was going through my fair share of shit show moments, and I'm sure there's more shit show moments to come. So much fun. But it's while I was going through these moments, I was realizing I'm probably not the only 20-something who feels this way. So I decided to start this podcast back in 2020, and it's been incredible. And I love interviewing these inspiring people. And I hope that through these stories, you're able to see yourself in these stories. And it would mean the absolute world to me if you would share it with a friend as well as leave me a review on iTunes. It makes a huge difference. I put so much time and energy into this podcast and it would mean the world to me. So without further ado, let's get started. Today's guest is Eli. I love chatting with him. Eli Stone is 22 and based in LA, creating content all around mental health and adventure. Eli is a creator first and an entrepreneur second. He is, as he puts it, a serial failure when it comes to creating things. He currently creates content and runs an event-based company called Creator Camp. His specialty is all centered around helping brands turn consumers into ambassadors. You can follow him at EWI Stone on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. In this episode, we go into so many fun things from his journey and how he became a creator, how he has been able to create Creator Camp, what that is, as well as how he's able to balance content and burnout. So excited for you guys to hear this episode. Let's get started. So thank you so much, Eli, for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to getting to know you. So I love to start telling me about your 20s so far. Feel free to include any shit show moments you think we might resonate with. Let's start there. My 20s have absolutely been a shit show. I've literally got like diagnosed with two mental illnesses in my 20s, have like had to figure out I've had like three career changes and shit like that. But overall, people say that like your young 20s are the best time of of your life but after talking to more 30 year olds i'm not gonna lie it sounds like the 30s are, are quite a bit better um, i think everyone's just capping with you to make you feel better because i know the 20s is like the worst yeah i'm starting to think that too because when i talk to the 30 year olds it seems by 30 everything's figured out everything's good <laughs> it's all like smooth sailing from there wow so three career changes so far how have you had three career changes so far that's so many like such a short <sighs> amount of time yeah so i studied entrepreneurship at the university University of Colorado Boulder, which you're familiar with. And oh yeah, I live right next to Compton in California now. So if sirens just randomly go off, you know why. I'll, I'll wait just a second here. Okay, yes, but three career changes. I originally was working at a marketing agency, an internship there, because I just wanted to do marketing. And then I ran my own agency for a while. And then I thought I wanted to go into like something more stable. And so got a different internship. And then when that was like project management, and now I'm a full time creator. So it's been ups and downs, but we got here eventually. Wow, that's funny that you said something stable and then and then you've transitioned into being a content creator right because then you have algorithms and different stuff that i'm sure cannot be stable oh it is the least stable career path in the world but 
you know, you know, you're in your 20s. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best time. And like going into like becoming a creator, like how did that start for you? Like, did you always know you wanted to create content? Have you always been good at creating content? <laughs> or like how did this kind of all evolve? All right, this shit is going to be hilarious. I was at school. This is 2019. So TikTok was still kind of a joke, right? I am absolutely trashed in my college dorm room, like absolutely trashed. And my roommate also is Asian and so like we're Asians we have this slight little like ego competitiveness between each other and we're like TikTok can't be that hard like this app's a fucking joke I wonder how hard it is to get to 10,000 followers and we look at each other and we're like hmm both thinking the same thing we're like how much money do we want to put on this so we put $500 on a race to 10,000 followers and so when you're a Korean Asian dude I'm like okay I'm not gonna lose $500 what's the easiest way to get to 10,000 followers um it's milk the korea booze it's make thirst traps so i started making tiktoks as an asian thirst trap i'd like put my hair down i'd like listen to korean music and then make like insider information jokes for like k-pop and stuff like that for the record i do not follow k-pop at all i had no idea what was going on and so that's how i got started with tiktok and afterwards i was like huh i have 500 bucks in a platform like what's next and that's the story of how I started. Wow. And then like from there, did you continue with that content or did you realize I, I, I'm like kind of done with this content? Like I just used it to get to the 10,000? Oh, hell no. I, I quit that. I quit it pretty pretty quickly after that and started making stuff I wanted to. I kind of transitioned into comedy before my life kind of took a turn with my mental health. And then I'm like, this is what I want to make content about. But the thirst trapping, I will say for the record, people give thirst traps a lot of crap, but it's kind of hard work. It's kind of hard work and second off the confidence it takes to be a thirst trap is like unparalleled so if people are thirst trapping you can't give them too much crap because if we were hot and beautiful i'm sure we would be the exact same thing because that's like i don't know it, it wasn't as difficult anyways that's funny yeah it's easy to get jealous of like the people who are just like super attractive and they just like walk and like everyone wants to see them like just walk because they're like super yeah. attractive people just to stare at and that's funny because that's like a whole other section of tiktok but now you're more into like the educational like you tell like really good stories like which i was mm. surprised about when i was looking at your content like how you're able to tell such great stories in like such a short amount of time and make them so beautiful as well and do the scenery and like everything that you do in the video and like with that were you good at that at the beginning like did you know like I'll do this this and this and then put it all together and there'll be like a beautiful story or like how did you kind of get that rhythm down of like this is how I tell a story that's like effective and that can really move people in such a short amount of time mm, first off I appreciate that compliment it means a lot to me super unconfident with my work so whenever I hear stuff like that you always like I need to really embrace it I'm trying to get better at that currently but as far as storytelling goes <sighs> I think it's a lot of watching like growing up I was obsessed with YouTube I was obsessed with movies my dream job was being a YouTuber and so of course I would watch all these YouTubers these classic ones Nigahiga, Casey Neistat like all these icons and try to emulate that like I used to make little YouTube videos and I was like 12 13 14 uh, that never saw the light of day but they were just fun to try to emulate it but obviously at the start of TikTok I would say that it's arguably a difficult 
difficult task to condense a story into one to two minutes, which are typically where my videos are, because you just have to cut so much stuff out. Like, how do you get across and convey emotionals, like emotions, your story, and like something captivating in that amount of time versus when you have five to 10 minutes. And so I would definitely say part of it is just like being obsessed with it. And then the other half is literally like my friends and I call it the a thousand video rule. Like you are not going to know your identity on a platform until you're a thousand videos in and until you're a thousand videos in expect to just like push stuff out there that doesn't feel like you because you just want to try it. And so I'm not even at a thousand videos yet. So I still don't have an identity yet but we're trying to figure that out now. Wow, so a thousand videos. How long does it take to create a thousand videos? Like that seems like that could be a, a bit of like a journey to get there. Yeah, I have no clue. Like one of my videos probably takes me six to seven hours total time, including shooting. And so like, yeah, it's going to take a long time, but like, we'll see how it goes. Mm. And like for you, like, were you always like motivated to continue creating content? Like, did you ever have a part where like you like kind of dropped off or you're like, maybe I shouldn't create content anymore? Or was it pretty like smooth and consistent throughout? All right. So I have this series that I made. I have two series that I've made. Um, One of them was like foreign words that just makes sense. And then another one was like, beautiful words that describe obscure emotions so i like created these series and like milk the shit out of them because every single one of these videos would get 300 400 up to a million views per video and they took me an hour and a half to make they were that like impressive on the platform like that's how i built my following is off these two series that i created and by the end of it i was so burnt out from making these because there was no creativity involved there was no passion for them i mean i made the series they became trends other people were starting to make them and that was really cool to see and then like the musician I use like her sound was super cool and she was getting recognized for that so it was like a lot of fun but by the end of it I was so burnt out from making the same repetitive shit over and over and over again and I really questioned my will to like be a creator after that I'm like is there gonna be a way to transition do I really enjoy this anymore and do I have enough confidence at the end of the day to shift to making videos that I actually want to make that's so interesting because what you brought up is the point of like you've had like these different shifts like throughout your content like it hasn't been the same since the beginning which I find interesting because it could be like easy to get into a box of like I can only create this type of content because this is what I'm known for this is what people recognize me for Mm. and going through like those different shifts like did you ever have that scarcity come up for you of like maybe I should just stick to this even though I don't like it but this is what's doing well right now Part of it was definitely that, but the other part of that is that I wasn't actually making any money myself because no one's going to look at my content at the time and be like, yo, this is someone that we want to sponsor. Like every video was the same exact thing. Like no one was really excited to do that. So it was an easy shift. The only problem that I had was that people loved these videos so much, like so, so, so much. I would get a couple of DMs a day and they're like, you have no idea how much these videos help my mental health. You have no idea how much like these videos have helped me talk to my therapist and put like words to a feeling that I've been feeling. And so at the end of the day, I felt almost extremely responsible to keep going, even though they were degrading my own mental health. And so it was like this weird balance of like, you know, in classic Spider-Man terms, with great power comes great responsibility. And I'm like, shit, like I have the power here, but I feel this sense of responsibility to keep making them so that was really difficult yeah yeah 
And when was, like, the moment that, like, it started to click for you, like, of, like, this could be, like, my full-time thing, and you're, like, starting to get excited about, like, there's so much opportunity here, there's so much potential here, like, I see myself doing this for, like, a really long time. Yeah, so I was running a marketing agency named Bauda at the time, and so we ran corporate TikTok accounts, like, we would help run companies like Adobe, the Myers-Briggs company, like, just help them strategize, create content, and find content creators, and at the time, I probably had, like, two. 300k on tiktok but i was running this company and i had a couple of employees and we were just grinding away helping these tiktok accounts and when it came to influencers um we were looking at these contracts we were signing and i'm like let me get this straight this girl has 2 million followers and is getting paid fifteen thousand dollars for a 45 second video and i was like you've got to be kidding me like i knew youtube money was there but like seeing these contracts repetitively go over and over and over again, I was like, there is no chance that I'm going to pass up an opportunity to like be a content creator like I've always wanted to be. And so that was the turning point for me is just like signing a couple of those contracts with influencers we found. And I was like, yeah, I, I need to give this a fair shot. And like, I was so burnt out from startup life. And my mental health was so poor that I'm like, I really need to make a decision for myself. It's so cool because once you see like an example of like one that's possible, you're like, well, I can do that too. And then it starts to open like our mind up to like different possibilities. And like with that and like working with that agency, is there anything you were surprised about in terms of working with these corporations, creating like content on TikTok? It's not necessarily, you know, like a personal brand. It's, it's different in a way. Is there anything you were surprised about working with all those corporations in terms of like creating videos for them? I think the biggest surprise is how much corporations suck to work with. Even companies where one of their core pillars is creativity, they dampen creativity so much. And so that was probably the biggest surprise to me is like, you're finding these creators who you find because they're creative, and then you're giving them a campaign brief with 45 bullet points of what to do and what not to do. And I'm like, wow, where are the days where you just give them money and let them make what they want to make? Like, that's the way it should be. That's the way that influencers and creatives work. And so that was super surprising to me. But as far as working with the actual creators, like you asked, it was just creators are stupid. <laughs> like, like a lot of creators are just like, we just kind of chill. Like, I'm not going to lie. We're stupid. We vibe and we're very lazy. Creators are very lazy human beings for the most part. Like when we have brand deals, we'll usually like wait for the last second. And like, this is isn't isolated I talked to all my creator friends about this and we're like we are lazy and so that was another big surprising point that I found out that's funny you wouldn't expect that you expect you guys to be like more productive in terms of like how much content you're putting out no <laughs> oh it's funny how lazy we are literally like and some of my youtube friends are like yeah they'll work on a video for three months and procrastinate it and they like have built their careers already like they're full-time creators and stuff like that and they're like yeah i'll get around to it and like three months later they haven't posted a video and you're like what the heck man and like if you could give like advice to someone who's like just starting off on TikTok, like they want to be able to do well, they don't really know where to start. Where do you think to like a good starting place for creating content? 
Yeah, first off, it's unfollow any marketing advice pages that you might follow about the algorithm and stuff like that. Those creators create a following off of telling you advice. And like, I don't know, I just think that the more you think about it, the, the more it dampens your sense of self and your sense of creativity. I think that is a key point when you're starting is to remember that you should be creating what you want to create at the end of the day. And we oftentimes get so caught in the loop of chasing the algorithm. And second off, viewing the algorithm as an enemy. The algorithm exists to help you. The algorithm is a friend. You're trying to befriend the algorithm. It's not like the algorithm hates videos and is trying not to make you go viral like the algorithm straight up exists to help push your videos out to more people it exists to take good content and show other people that good content and so don't view the algorithm as an enemy view it as a friend that you're trying to get to know better because at the end of the day it's exists to help you and if the content you're making is good shit then good shit always wins and that's probably the only thing i can say about like getting started with content is like really least that chasing because the dopamine hits you get from having a viral video are unmatched that dopamine hit of like clicking the notification bar and, and seeing 99 new notifications every single time is like a high that i can't describe and so like stop chasing the highs and like just create what you want to create if it gets bad recognize it delete the app after you post a video or give your account to a friend and let them post for you like just don't get that addiction it's like any drug hmm. yeah and is there anything that you do in terms of like when a video is not performing well to detach like your identity from that video like to detach like that's something I created but that doesn't mean like all my content is bad to like stop yourself from thinking like because I created this it means something about me. Mm, that's a really good question. I think obviously a part of me dies on the inside when a video doesn't perform well. Like a big chunk of me is just like, was it wrong with me? Like, did I say the wrong things? Like what's going on here? But whenever I go down a cycle like that, I delete the app. I just have that barrier for myself. I delete like TikTok or Instagram, whatever it's posted on and don't open it up until I have the next video ready. Like that's kind of like the thing that I have for myself. And so like your content isn't trash. It's just a game like posting content is all a game good content wins in the end but it's not saying sometimes good content happens in the middle to the end like there's always going to be poorer segments and content and so at the end of the day if you enjoyed making it what more could you ask for um one of my friends puts it this way who's a full-time creator despite having 400k on tiktok and is making probably more money than anyone i know has worked with brands like gucci louis vuitton and they're not fashion they're video because they're so talented and at the end of the day he said make videos that when people watch when only 20 people see them they're like wow why doesn't this have more views this is really really good content and those are the type of creators that brands want to work with that's the type of crap that builds you community chasing views is so 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 easy but chasing content that moves people is one of the most difficult things to do and so that's what you should be doing yeah yeah and how do you create content that moves people like how are you able to pick up on like the emotion of like when you tell these different stories the emotion of like the owner or like you know someone in the family how are you able to do that 
It should all be based on how you're feeling yourself. So I struggle a lot with depression, ADHD, et cetera, et cetera. And so those are some of the things that I like to highlight in my stories. It's easy to ask questions when you've been through it. And so with like the Clawful situation, the restaurant, my parents own a local business out in Montana. They moved when I graduated high school. I moved with them, took a gap year and helped my dad set it up. And business was really, really, really poor at the beginning. And so like you just have to, to experience life in order to craft a narrative that is meaningful to you first off, because like any artist at the end of the day, you're not looking for other people's approval. At the end of the day, I think most artists are looking for approval within themselves. And so that's how you craft narratives that truly matter and move people is by taking your own life and using it as an example. Mm-hmm. Can you go deeper into they're not looking for approval from other people, but they're looking for approval from themselves artists yeah so it happened recently for me like i had kind of this epiphany of making content i used to view content like when i was editing as oh man i have so much footage to go over i have so much footage to edit like i'm sure when you edit your podcast sometimes it's the same thing you're like oh shit like this is gonna be so much but there's this movie called about time and in this movie this guy can like travel through time but at the end his dad who is also a time traveler gives him a piece of advice he's like i relive each day twice and he's like well why why do you do that like you have time travel like why would you relive the same day twice because he's like when you're reliving these moments you have an opportunity to see the beauty in the small things you have an opportunity to experience and feel the emotions without any of the stress because you know what's going to happen and so now when i edit videos or i'm scanning through 40 minutes of footage it's like wow i have the opportunity to relive live this conversation, relive this feeling, relive how this made me feel with none of the pressure, none of the pressure whatsoever. And so tying that back into pleasing yourself is like, what satisfies you? What makes you content? And if it's going viral, if it's getting those views, then sure, like at the end of the day, it feels good. But does that crave that creative part of yourself? In my experience, no, for some people, maybe. But what's literally made me feel good about my creativity and my content is watching a video, watching a moment that I've created and just feeling content with it. I'm like, wow, this was so much fun. It was a beautiful moment. I'm glad I got to capture it. And whenever I'm feeling down, I get to relive this. And so that small part of me that seeks validation from other people is just quiet. Like it doesn't matter because I love what I made. It's so beautiful. And I love that you went into that because sometimes we find like the need to think it's outside, like it's something external. It's when this person says it was good or this person says like, good job or like whatever. Mm. But like bringing it back to internally, like what's actually happening inside of us. Such a beautiful reflection. Hmm. So interesting because it's content, right? But like it's so much internal too at the same time and emotions and like your journey and like seeing it back and so many things too. Without a doubt, without a doubt. Yeah. Well, and is there like a piece of content that you've done that you're like, I don't think this is going to do well and then it ends up doing well? Have, do you have any stories like that where like you're like, uh, I don't know? Yeah. So during a time when I was transitioning my content out of the words videos and I was transitioning it into what I call a vlog task right now, it's literally like podcast slash like doing something slash visuals, which is just B-roll over it. I'm tweaking the idea still, but I'm like 30 videos into that concept. A video. So I reposted 
posted a couple of videos during that transition that I just wanted at the top of my feed. And most of these were short stories or like short films that I made. And so one of them was called Laundry. And so the first time I posted this video, it maybe got like 20,000 views and then eventually hit 200K just because of people looking at my account because of the freaking words videos because I pinned them. So words videos would get millions of views. And of course, they would just watch the pinned video because they were curious. But the second time I posted it, it went viral. And I was like, wow, like, what, what's the difference here? Like, what is the difference whatsoever? And so there are pieces that I love that didn't go viral. And there are pieces that I've posted that I'm in love with that I think other people resonated with. And so it's just like, I really have no clue. I think every content creator comes to a point where they have an ego about like knowing the algorithm or shit like that. But then once you experience this moment, you're like, I really don't fucking know what is going on like I can't make a viral video at will but I feel like during everyone's journey everyone definitely has that thought process of I know the algorithm blah 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 but like we, we don't know <laughs> we don't know we're just trying our best here if people could only watch like one of your videos what's like the one video like they have to watch I would definitely say laundry really proud of that there's a bowling video um, where I learned how to curve a bowling ball that I'm really, really proud of as well. And then the last one is probably this video where I learned how to skateboard, um, like drop in at a skate park. And those are the three videos that I'm super proud of. They did well metrically. But if you really want a sense of like day-to-day -day content that I have, there's this vlog that I did about kites. And so I was literally with a friend and we were flying kites because she had never done that before. And so a part of the series that I was working on is doing things that I have never done before or experiencing things with my friends that they've never done before. And so it's vlog 11 and it's called flying a kite. And literally that was just one of the most beautiful hour, two hours I've had with a friend because she was just flying a kite for the first time and we were talking about childhoods. And yeah, so if you want to know what I'm posting more day to day, look at that vlog. But if you want the viral hits that I'm proud of, go watch the ones with lots of views. <laughs> I'd love to go into like Creator Camp. How did you like come up with that? And what is Creator Camp? Yeah, so Creator Camp is a collective. Think of it as an events company, an events company. We throw two events a year. We just had our first one. We fly out creators from around the world, and it's really just for community building. So we had some some big names and some small names at the last camp, and literally it was just like a clusterfuck trying to get this event together, like an absolute clusterfuck, and it was beautiful. So I met my core group of co-founders just through on online like on, with friends etc etc one of them's name is chris duncan then we have ryan ing max reisinger and simon kim who are all content creators themselves um, most of them are youtubers but chris duncan and i are tiktokers and so we just noticed that we would join these discord calls and talk to each other and ask questions about content and just like relate to each other because it really helped us stay motivated and so a couple of them created that discord channel and then chris Duncan and I, who were friends, joined that Discord server at some point because um, I was invited to a small little get together. And I'm like, why don't we make this bigger? Like, I know a guy. And so that's how Creator Camp started. And then we threw an event for 35 creators. And it was so surreal, just like meeting some of my childhood heroes on YouTube that we invited out because we paid for everyone's flights. It was no expenses on there. 
everything. We paid for everything with sponsorship money. That was a pain in the ass. We, we scraped by. We had $60 left in our business bank account by the time the event was done. Like we scraped by not losing money. Shout out to James So for saving our butt there. But yeah, that's kind of the essence of Creator Camp is just a bunch of people who create content going to a place and having experiences together. Mm, it sounds like so much fun. Oh, it's amazing. We'll have to get you out to one of them. Yeah. And what's what's like your biggest takeaway from like putting the event together? Like, was it your first event you've ever done as well? So at school, I was a co-events coordinator for a big Asian club on campus, but nothing to this capacity, nothing whatsoever to this capacity. My biggest takeaway was first off, props to any events planners, because, oh man, what a logistical nightmare that was. And next to that is like, when you're doing projects with friends and people that you care about, honestly, the best part about camp wasn't the camp itself. It was working on this project with my friends friends working on this business together. And if I have one takeaway, it's that creators are some of the most resilient human beings you will ever meet in your entire life. They take so much shit. They go through so much shit. And I believe that creativity and art is usually fostered out of pain or experiences that were very traumatizing growing up. I believe that's where creatives and artists really come from. It's because they don't know how to express emotions through one facet. Art just happens to be the one way that they can. And after hearing people's stories at Creator Camp, hearing and getting close to all of my co-founders, that, that's what I learned. It's funny because we look at it and we think it's easy, but it's not easy like I could only imagine like how many hundred of it, details you're like oh I'll put on a bed be easy and then you realize how much actually goes into events yeah I was not expecting that props to like wedding planners and stuff because not me not never again <laughs> yeah and do you see like also like another through line in terms of like talking with all of these tops creators that like maybe like a mindset shift as well something you see they do differently consistently something that you think like really gets them to that level of being like a top creator these people just don't care like and it, they just like care about their videos so deeply they don't care about the views they don't care about the metrics like these people who are top dogs and seem at peace with what they're creating seem so chill about it all and so that's like my biggest takeaway is like afterwards i tried not to think about it as much because that's what they said that's the cause of burnout is constantly chasing something that is not sustainable and that was probably the most eye-opening thing for me to hear that from these creators who I've watched growing up and who have made videos about burnout and stuff. And when you're burnt out, what do you do? Cry. <laughs> What's your routine? <laughs> sit in a corner in a fetal position. When I'm burnt out, I take a break. Sometimes it lasts a week. Sometimes it lasts two months. Um, it really depends on my bank account. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. How's my bank account looking? Can I sustain myself for a month if I'm not making videos? Yeah, the bank account not looking too hot, but um, that's how it be. That's how it be. Yeah, so when I'm burnt out, I usually delete the apps, chill out with my friends. And like that's why a community is so strong. I'll message my friends or I'll join a Discord chat with them and say, like, guys, I'm burnt out from making videos like any like I don't know most of them at least one of them is always feeling burnt out so you just have a candid conversation question your sanity question your career choice real quick and then hop back on the grind usually afterwards and what's something that you do when you notice you feel like less creative overall cry lay in the corner in a fetal position <laughs> <the same> <laughs> 
<laughs> um, when I feel less creative, I'm working on this right now. It's definitely a work in progress to not force it. You can't force creativity at the end of the day. You you just can't. So, I mean, you can get high as fuck and that's kind of nice. That can sometimes help the creativity out. But like most of the time, I just don't do anything creative at all. When I have creative burnout, there's literally nothing you can do most of the time. So, But if we're looking for practical tips, I find that watching movies is the best thing not youtube videos not books like watch a movie like an indie film or whatever watch something and usually that sparks so much because movies at the end of the day are why most content creators fell in love with making videos is because of that so it's chill it's mind-numbing and like it fosters some sense of creativity reading too i just threw it under the bus but read a book if if you need to but don't force it let your creativity take as much time as it needs to recover it's just like any other muscle in your body Hmm. and do you think we're like all creative at heart or do you think like there's ways to kind of like strengthen that creativity or like some of us are just not creative at all (laughs) my girlfriend doesn't think she's creative i just think that everyone's creative in different ways some people are creative business people some people are very creative with weird things i don't know i believe that everyone is creative i don't know where the stigma came from of only some people are creative but whoever invented that they can go die in a hole um, because everyone's creative everyone has their form of it and there's beauty in everyone's creativity like if you're really good at excel just like really good at excel or like yeah like that's awesome like that's your form of creativity pivot tables blah 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 like formulas like i think math is a form of art right like when you're good at math like putting these patterns together doing stuff like that and so as long as like you can find the beauty in your own creativity what, what else matters like and so that's why I get scared that sometimes being in a creative field that's seen as creative, my ego will get so big that I won't respect creativity the same. Like I've caught myself doing that a couple of times and like that's not okay. But I believe that everyone is creative, yes. I wish I was good at Excel. I'm not good at Excel at all. Dude, I suck at Excel. (laughs) Excel sucks. (laughs) I'm bad. Yeah. Yeah. And like, what's something that you do every day for like your mental health? Something that's like a routine of yours? Something that you feel like keeps you really grounded? Uh, (laughs) I don't think I have one besides popping the pills that were given to me by my doctor. I think that's the only consistent thing that I've been able to do for my mental health. I'm not going to lie. Like my days are so inconsistent. I don't have habits. I still struggle a lot. And so I haven't really figured out any of that stuff yet, except taking medication and going to therapy. That's the most I can do right now. And that's all I got, really. Like, I don't have any tips for mental health because I have no idea what the hell to do either. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with, with that stuff. Yeah. And what's been your biggest takeaway from your therapist? Good, really good question. Um, I like believed in therapy before going but like didn't really believe in therapy like I believe that everyone should go to therapy even if life is good so I'd always tell my friends like blah 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 go to therapy I should go to therapy etc etc but at the end of the day I never gave myself to therapy fully like I knew it was good for me but I never gave myself like I had a lot of traumas that have been growing up and like once I finally talked about those which I've never told another living soul not another living human being has heard 
me say the things that I've told my therapist. And once I did, the way that they reacted was just like, I'm sorry. Like, even when it was shit that I did, even when it was bad shit that I did, it's just like, that's perfectly like reasonable that you acted the way that you did or, or said the things that you did or did the things that you did because like, dude, like, it's okay. Like, you're fine. And just like hearing that literally caused so many meltdowns of just like, it's okay. I'm okay. And like, you don't realize how much you need to hear that from another human being until you you give yourself willingly and fully to the process of therapy. And it's the most freeing experience in the entire world. So that's definitely the biggest takeaway there. Mm, that's beautiful. That's such a good point of like, even when things are good, still making the time to go. Without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. And what's something you're really excited about right now? It could be anything happening for you. Yeah. So I am excited to go to Colorado. I posted this video about skateboarding, learning how to drop in. So I'll be in Colorado from the 4th to the 9th. And on the 7th, I am performing on stage with a band called the greeting committee i am playing tambourine with them on stage in fort collins because they saw one of my videos and they were like yo like that's our song and i'm like i love you guys and they're like we love your video come play on stage with us and so i'm super excited to be on stage with the band it's like a bucket list item i've always wanted to play in a band for a day and tambourine i'll be like yeah um it'll be a good time so i'm i'm really looking forward to that right now i think that's so cool what are the chances it's so random that like yeah. someone in the band just like randomly finds your video that has their song in it it's, it's really so cool. stupid life has gotten exponentially crazier since i started making videos like you just crazy shit happens and it becomes normal and it's great is that one of your like favorite crazy stories yeah without a doubt i'm like why would i be on stage with the band why am i playing the tambourine and how does this even happen to the point where like i tell my friends and family and they're like oh cool like they're so numb to exciting things happening in my life that they're like that sounds fun and and my friends too they're like what no wait no they literally are like oh cool when's that like just like i told them like i'm going to a park <laughs> like that's the funny part about being a content creators how numb people get and what's something you wish you would have known before becoming a content creator about being a content creator <laughs> that, that you're gonna be broke all the time listen i would say that i have a fair amount of followers and i still struggle financially for sure without a doubt and so like it's not a field that you go into if you're looking for money it's the field that you go into with passion and eventually the money will follow that's something i definitely wish i knew i think it would have changed my mindset on it and probably prepared me a lot more but at the end of the day i feel like that's what i would tell myself like there's a lot of shit i would tell myself but that would be first off i'm like dude don't expect a lot of money from this but expect to enjoy what you're doing every single day and if people said if money wasn't a thing what would you be doing i can honestly say right now nothing different if money wasn't a thing i'd still be doing what i'm doing and so i would tell them to be very proud of that and i have a final question for you you might have the same answer as that one but maybe a different answer but if you were to go back in time and talk to your 20 year old self what would you want to tell him or if you want to tell him nothing at all that's an option as well i would tell him for your wallet and for your sanity keep being a thirst trap because that shit that shit's profitable that's exactly what i would tell them 
Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> would he actually do it? Fuck no. But if I could say one thing to them, um, I would meme myself. I would play a joke on myself and be like, I traveled through time to tell you this. Keep being a thirst trap. And that's it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's funny. Well, I loved interviewing you today. Appreciate it. I appreciate your interview. Also, if you want to film a podcast with me, like for my page, I'll be in Colorado on the 4th to the 9th. So let's link and and do a little video. That'd be a lot of fun. That would be a lot of fun. (laughs) Awesome. And where could we find you? Where can we stalk you? Where can we find your thirst traps? (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) <laughs> you'll have to hack me to find the thirst traps but maybe i'll <laughs> unprivate one just for fun you can find me on tiktok at e-w-i-s-t-o-n-e my little brother is on the spectrum can never pronounce eli so he would always say ewe and that's where the name came from on instagram it's ewi.stone and then if you're looking for some business professional shit you can always go on linkedin thank you guys so much for listening I love if you can leave me a review on iTunes. Please feel free to share it with any friends you think the story would resonate with. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.